Grab your whetstones and eat your steaks because it's time for some Monster Hunter. Luckily enough for us, we have enough slots to fill a whole hunt, and with me today is Mike on the dual blades. Hello. And then we have Craig with the bow. Hello. And Luke, 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 Luke with the insect glaive. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Took a second. And I with the gun lance, because why not? So, just a quick thing to get it out of the way. Uh, Monster Hunter World released on the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One. January 26th of 2018 and as of recording now it's still slated for late 2018 PC release. Monster Hunter World debuted quite strong and as of recording it is now over 6 million units sold which is absolutely ridiculous. It's off the hook. Monster sales. Monst monster sales. The fun thing about this is as a group of four there are two of us that are veterans and two of us which are newbies. So let's put the veterans on hold because you know, we're old and crusty. So Craig, Luke, what was your guys' experience with this? What was your expectations? I had high expectations because about a month before release, you started getting hyped about it and then you made me get uh, Monster Hunter 3U or whatever the hell it is for the Wii U. And I, I had high expectations because as you were talking about it and we were playing Monster Hunter on the Wii, I was thinking this is going to be the greatest game in the world ever. So I was super duper, duper hyped for it because of you. Because of you. Thank you. Yeah, I've not played Monster Hunter before this one. Um, played the demo and whilst I thought it was going to be awesome, I made the choice to not buy it or pre-order it. And then you guys kept on going on and on and on and on <laughs> about it. And I got caught up in that hype and picked it up. So, uh yeah, it's been a blast. No, just and spoiled it. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, thank you. <laughs> and uh, Mike, as as one of the Monster Hunter vets, uh, what's your history with the series? I played quite a few of them. I started with uh, the PSP. Um, it, it came preloaded on my pre-hacked PSP that I bought in Hong Kong back in 2009, I think. Um, and I moved on to... Other games in the series, I followed it all the way through the, the Wii, the the 3DS, the Wii U, up to today. I, I even dabbled a little with the uh, the PS3 HD remaster um, of Portable 3rd, which looked quite lovely at the time. Um, and yeah, I was hoping for big things from this, and I'm sure we'll find out what I think later. But what about you, Dave? Oh, very professional, Mike. Very professional. Um, my, my first Monster Hunter was Monster Hunter on PS2. Uh, I played it. I got my ass handed to me over and over and over again. And then I decided, okay, I'll try it online when, with that. Remember that adapter you used to have to shunk into the back of your PS2? And uh, I quickly carded a whole bunch of times and went, <laughs> maybe this isn't for me. And I didn't touch Monster Hunter for years until I first bought Monster Hunter Try. And once I finally got to grips with it, I went back and I played some of the PSP ones, like Freedom Unite and all that. And i kind of been every release up until Monster Hunter 4U. And that's where I kind of called it because I just can't do handhelds anymore. So this, this console, Monster Hunter, is great for people that don't like handhelds. And I'm one of them. All right, so this is... This is going to kind of buck our normal trend of talking about the story because, gentlemen, how many tears did you shed during the story for Monster Hunter World? <clears throat> the skip button was hit a lot. Um, yeah. I hope not during any of the beautiful, beautiful cutscenes, Luke. It's just when the girl was talking, but yeah, the cutscenes are great. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're not a fan of the handler? Nope. Not at all. Um, she's very irritating. But the there's there isn't like a huge story to it is it it's just like oh there's something go no. kill that and let's go track this thing oh you found it let's kill that <laughs> uh oddly enough uh mike you can back me up on this but this is probably the most story driven monster hunter possibly possibly thinking back on it um going back to the previous ones it's usually a case of this monster is going to attack our village or let's defend ourselves 
until this monster arrives, things like that. And then you sort of like, uh, basically two loops that'll go, this was the main monster, no it wasn't, it's actually something else. Then you get to the true ending, and that's pretty much it. This one, it sort of, it it added a bit. It, it coated it over a little bit. It made it a little bit easier to swallow. And yeah, I was surprising how much work they put in. Especially with the spoilery bits close to the end. But uh, hey, oh, we're going to spoil that when we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And in case you, you aren't aware, we do tend to spoil things just because we don't think you're going to listen to this if you haven't played it. <laughs> and luckily... Monst- m- monsters die. Yeah, monsters, monsters die. will die. There will be a multitude of them. And they'll die. It, it's kind of Monster Hunter. So, uh, Craig, what about you? I mean, I mean, is the lack of kind of a story-driven thing something that harmed it for you no no because of the nature of the game a story would probably distract more than add to it if there if there was any more heft to it and you had to follow the story as well it wouldn't fit the amount of grinding you have to do and it would just become all disjointed you'd get a story mission and it would have been 10 hours since the previous story mission and you'd be like oh yeah <laughs> that's that's you know if it, if it was too difficult to follow you wouldn't be able to follow it essentially yeah i totally agree now uh one of the big things that that everybody who was old to the series was very excited about with monster hunter world was they made a ton of quality of life changes i mean so many changes that oh don't use that term dave don't use that term oh. it makes me okay ease of use changes <laughs> thank you you're welcome sir <laughs> Uh, the Ludo narrative dissonance is, of course, still there, <laughs> but your verb set is quite large. Uh, no, uh, so many changes that it would be a long list to read them off here. Um, Mike, give me some of the big ones for you that made you go, "Ooh, ooh, I like this so much more." I think they have basically taken. Uh, if you remember when we were playing Four Ultimate, we we played with a good good friend. Uh, at the time, Carl from uh, Wales, and he basically said to us once, um, you know, if you hold down the button when you're making your 99 Mega Potions, it'll make 99 Mega Potions really quick. You don't have to press the button 99 times. That entire theory has been spread across everything from your end of hunt loots. Everything has a hold button process, and it's, and it's beautiful. It basically takes all of the... All of the um, all the admin work out of playing this game for the most part. Um, that's that's only a small issue of, of well one of the one of the small upgrades, but it's a definitely a noticeable one. Um, moving on from there, obviously you've got you know the entire ecosystem. So if you played a previous Monster Hunter game, you would have known the whole thing. Either strategically get knocked out of the arena, heal up, and go back in, or you know. Um, you cannot fight this monster because they're just on the very edge. They're in the loading door. And basically, you know, there's there's a lot of complications to the older games. And it's only with the new ones that you sort of think, I don't know how I, how I put up with that, to be honest. <laughs> I had that thought a lot <laughs> playing this. It's like, wow, man, mm-hmm. how did I put up with that? That was the biggest that was the biggest thing I noticed moving from three the, the short time we spent in three U through to four was that that loading it did it wasn't a slow load between areas, but it was odd. Yeah, it was like Resident Evil it was Doors. An odd thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it didn't seem right. So this was just it was a breath it, of fresh air. And that holding down A end of game loot, that took me twenty hours <laughs> to notice you could do that. So I suffered for the first twenty hours going A. A, 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 or X. I'm uh, 60 hours in and I'm, I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, these these are all upgrades which you probably wouldn't have noticed as much if you hadn't been already invested in the series. But there's there's upgrades all across the place. There's systems are made simpler, systems are made much more manageable. You know, you've got armors which you don't need to be micromanaging the exact amounts of skills you're putting into something to activate Oh, yeah, it. that's a basically one. You could have plus four on a skill before and it wouldn't kick in at the minimal level until you had plus five and then you wouldn't get the max until you had plus ten. You, you know, you can mix and match your armor as, as you see fit. And the, the beautiful thing is there's an entire galaxy of buttons to press on these menu screens so you can compare all your items, you can have a look into what every single skill actually does. It basically makes it into... 
a very, very, well, I wouldn't say manageable, to, especially if you're coming in at this stage, but it's it's a lot of frustration taken out of it before you, I mean, I personally didn't. I wouldn't have opened my phone at the same time and been researching all this stuff. I would have just asked Dave oh, or Grim. Because yeah, I was going to say, you heretic. <laughs> they're, they're my sages and they'd always set me up. I basically, my play style through these games has always been beat the monster with what you've got. If you can't, then maybe start looking into building on your equipment and stuff. And luckily, the equipment building doesn't have to happen for me too often, but when it does, it can be a bit of a bit of, bit of walking on eggshells, to be honest. But this time around, I found no matter what, as long as I avoided going for, you know, uh, gunner sort of... As long as I avoided gunner armour, I was pretty much safe, safe betting in this game from the start to a ultimate finish but um but it's 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 a great improvement on on that um previous topic when we were talking about the loading screens it's actually a little more difficult in this game now because you don't have that safety of running through a loading screen to heal up and whetstone and (laughs) set yourself back up uh there were a lot of times where trying to run away the monster will hunt you down and just slam you into the ground yeah so it does add a little bit of difficulty there uh, myself, one of the biggest um, ease of use. You were okay with that one, right, Mike? <laughs> Go on, you can use quality of life. <laughs> um, I'll let you, just this once. Okay, here we go. Let's coin a new one. Uh, uh, play improvements? Does that work? Yeah. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. One of the biggest play improvements for me was, like Mike said, I didn't have to have my tablet open next to me or any of that anymore because every bit of info you could possibly need, except for motion values, is in the game itself. The hunter's handbook that you get, it tells you what's breakable, what's severable, where the weak zones are, what mm. it's weak to, what uh, ailment it's... I mean, it tells you everything that you'll ever need to know about what you need to get your weapons or your armor. And that, for me, was the biggest upgrade. I did not have to use any kind of external resource, like Kiraniko, I believe it's called, to okay, where can I get this and where can I get even down to when you're running through the map, you have uh scout flies, and these scout flies will go out and just kind of touch everything that's interactable, whether it be an herb or a beetle you could catch or a fish. And once it does that, it's now on your mini map for not mini map, I'm sorry, your giant map forever. And you can t- just look at your map and go, okay, I need a carpenter bug. And you just filter out everything but the insects, and you click on the carpenter bug, and the scout flies will take you right to it. I mean, I've seen some people saying this takes all the difficulty out of it. Personally, I think it it lets the difficulty sit where the difficulty should be, which is the monster hunts. Yeah. As someone who's just joined the game, so I I played a lot lot of Warcraft, and I saw it go through loads of iterations until they, you know, it started off really complicated, and they took it down to where it was perhaps like not complicated enough and I don't know where they're at now maybe they've got the balance right but for me when I joined this game it seemed like it still seems a little bit all over the place with the information you need to get I hate to start with negative but one of the biggest gripes I have is the interface I think it's a bit it's a bit chock-a-block there's there's too much going on it's very intimidating which interface like the battle interface or like you know when you're in your base and not the battle it's not it's not the it's not the battle or the base it's more the the menu system and like all the items oh, you get thrown okay. at you and all the places you can read information or th- this item's used for this or this item's used for that or i don't think it introduces that to new players very well um there are loads of tutorials and information you can read but sometimes it was easier just to pick up my phone and google it and there was things i found that from youtube and google that i don't think were explained in the game or if they were i haven't found them such as like the insect glaive it's quite a complicated weapon and there's there's things there that i cannot find in the the menu system so whilst i complain about tutorials often taking too long in games i feel like it was maybe not long enough for me as a newbie i absolutely agree with you but it's interesting hearing you guys say this is like such a big drastic change because I think they've still got a oh, long way to go on that stuff. <laughs> the, the the like like even down to three U and four U, it just kind of plunked you down and went, "Have fun, sport." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is the most handholdy Monster Hunter's been up until this point. Yeah. And it's still you're right. It's it's still like even stuff that returning players like 
it took me the longest time to realize, oh, that's what investigations are for. Yeah. Oh. Because I was doing the old school way of you just repeat the optional quest over and over again to get your monster parts. I didn't really click. They didn't explain anything about investigations of this is the way you should farm for your parts, not the old way. So, yeah, there's stuff even I was, oh, okay, you know, 40 hours in. Well, Mike raised a really interesting point that, you know, he'd often ask you and Grim rather than doing loads of research. And I, I wonder where I would have been if I didn't have you guys to rely on for, like, quick questions but it it is true and that a a lot of these um problems you were having with at luca in a double-edged sword they're sort of like the things i was worried about coming into this game i thought this is the first game that's going to strip it completely back put a monster hunter face on a completely new engine by the looks of it pretty much and i was actually surprised with the amount of stuff that they managed to pull over from all the old games and managed to get it into this new fresh fresh experience because i was quite worried that you know We'd, we'd lose most of it. So you going through some of these menus, you must be thinking, I have no idea what this stuff is. And you know, for me, personally, seeing stuff like the Tail Rider Safari and stuff like that, I'd be like, oh, it's just another one of these menu options and there's six different options in here. I don't know what what's happening. You know, uh, one of the other cool new quality of life improvements for Monster Hunter <laughs> World is, is its awesome uh, loadout selection. So, so I found it, you know, really pleasing just being able to say well if i'm fighting an elder dragon i want this equipment if i'm just going out to get as much material as possible i want absolute bare minimum and i just skip between them and you know it it became quite easy to just be like oh i'll just restock on my potions and i'm ready to go again you know and you do your own little micromanagement you'll say well only take five honeys out with you because you'll probably pick up another five in the field but you just want to be sure you know, it's, a lot of it, all of the micromanagement there is, is well completely uh, spruced up to what what you'd want. I can't really think there'd be much more I'd want, but, you know, it, it, I'm going to guess from, from what I've read outside as well, everyone's intimidated by it. There's people who are fighting through stuff that I know me and Dave are going to say, well, that's, that's easy. Common sense, yeah. You don't even yeah. need to do anything. You just, you just fight the first 10 monsters that should go down. You collect the stuff, you move on. But, you know, there's a lot of people who are completely obsessed by all the micromanaging at levels which you'd think they're far too early you know it's not until you're about 20 25 hours in that you should even be thinking about or unless you're dave and you you (laughs) want to collect every single armor because you're crazy but hey that's that's another story i'm sure dave will elaborate on craig and i were actually going to make this podcast an intervention on how much time dave spent (laughs) (laughs) uh mike you brought up a really good point and the fact of you know when you normally you grab your five honeys and then you grab five more in the field it took me i want to say honestly about 30 hours in the field until i was hunting a i want to say it was a palumo uh, that i was hunting and i ran out of ammo because i was using a really crappy gun and i'm like oh what do i do so i spent the next 10 minutes hitting it with the one melee attack bow gun has and then it finally dawned on me oh yeah i can go back to camp and my box is there and all of my ammo and everything else. And that is another huge change is now everything you have in your box, including equipment and weapons and ammo, it's all accessible in the field to where if you're going up against a monster and you're finding out, you know, maybe insect glaive isn't the best weapon for this. You can go, go grab a gun lance or you can grab a bow gun. As a very short aside to that, Dave, I was aware of this from you, and I did start the game. Every time I went to that chest, there was nothing in it. It was only 30-plus hours into the game that I realised you could actually go, go into, into the, the tent. Go into the tent, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, can you? Because you used to see Holy the shit. tent there, just <laughs> visible. And, uh. and that was the point that I realised you could change weapons and do things. But the thing is, I'm fine. I, I always stick with my same weapon for about 60 hours before moving on, so... It, it didn't affect me too much, but it would have helped if someone had pointed that out to me earlier. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. Mean, I mean, and that's yeah. coming from two vets. I mean, that's just a change where we're not used to. We're very used to the, you get everything you need before you go. If you run out, well, that's that's bad on you. Like, I mean, I remember running out of whetstones before on hunts. It's like, oh, I oh. should have brought more whetstones. And now it, that's another change. Doesn't matter at all. Whetstones are now infinite. You can use them whenever you want. Yeah, I can't see going back to the old system at this rate. I know, you remember having Ever. a farm for redstones <laughs> in the beginning? Good lord. Mm. We were savages, Mike. Savages. 
Uh, enough of, of, of the kind of gameplay systems for right now. What impressed me the most, because when I first saw the trailer for it, I watched like that first trailer and went, oh my gosh. And then I picked up my jaw and went, okay, I can't watch anything else about this. I have to wait till it comes out. Then we played the demo and the demo blew my socks off because this game, like Mike was saying, I expected a prettier 3U. That was really all I was expecting. And I would have been absolutely fine with that. But what do you guys think about the way this game looks? It looks incredible. Just just straight off the bat, the the um, each area has its own distinct look to it, but it also has its own distinct feel. Everything feels yeah, definitely. alive and gorgeous and there's it's just it's a living lovely thing the rotten veil in particular oh love that it's place. beautiful i just it's jaw like to me i don't i don't know about the hdr and the sunsets but overall <laughs> the look of it it's it's just it's stunning it's, uh, that's the world the character models uh, some of them are a wee bit iffy looking to me. I don't know what it is about some some of them in the hub the NPCs. area. Yeah, yeah, they're just a wee bit off, but overall beautiful. And yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't fault it. It didn't skip a beat. Each area was gorgeous. There's such a big range between the areas as well. Like one different map, you can have like a, a jungle, you can have you can have like a desert area or like water lagoon sort of place. Um. And it's so varied that it's really great. You guys are all playing on PlayStation Pros while I'm playing on the original PlayStation. And am I right in saying it was only me that was suffering from motion sickness with a camera? It's kind of past Yeah, I remember now, you mentioned that. Yeah. The first 20 hours or so, I find the camera, It. I don't know what it is. It's like a, it's like a motion blur or like a, there's a frame rate thing when if you spin the camera around quickly, which is required for my weapon. Um, it. I've kind of got used to it, but did you guys have any of that uh, stuff? No. I, none of that stuff. At all. It pops up, and you've got three options. You can go for resolution, which is obviously for your 4K-ness, uh, frames per second, or re- um, what's the third option? Graphic fidelity or something like that? Yeah, it's like foliage and uh, everybody goes FPS, yeah. I, out of curiosity, Luke, once you get later on in the game, how does it handle on a... Uh, Vanilla PS4. Um, I haven't got anything to compare it to. There's not been like huge stutters or frame rate drops. Um, the PlayStation does sound like it's going to take off though. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say you've got three monsters all fighting each other whilst you're in the vicinity. Yeah, it's been all right with that as well. I had um, I had a wow, Rathius, a pink Rathius, and uh, what's the big dinosaur, the T Rex thing? Anju, Anjanath? Yeah, those three going at each other at once and seemed okay with that. Uh, are you guys having frame jet? Frame? Well, yeah. no, it's been silky smooth for me the whole time. That's why I was curious. Yeah, yeah it's been beautiful. It's doing well on the original yeah. PlayStation. Other than it sounding like a Harrier engine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, uh, gentlemen, let's talk monsters. Monsters? I, w- I wasn't expecting as many new monsters as we are as we have here because I was just making a list of like okay these are the new monsters for Monster Hunter World. There's a lot more here than I thought there was. I mean some of them are kind of palette swaps. Like there's not much difference between a Radabon and a Uragon, other than you know maybe a special move here and there, but they both kind of look the same. So let's get the big one out. Uh, what's your favorite monster, guys? Oh, mine's is the aforementioned Uragon. Because it's Uragon just man? a cutie pie. Yeah. Between that and Nergigante, they kind of feel similar, but they're the kind of monster that I like fighting. But the Uragon was the first one that I fought that was really challenging and made me think about what I was carrying and what I was doing. And then when I beat it, it was the moment of... <laughs> This is amazing. This is like thirty hours into the game or something. It's, it's, it was just the a moment where it just all felt like I had transcended. Uh, on Luke's <laughs> on Pretty visual much. design, I think it's Kishala Daora. Is that how you say it? Ah, good man, Kishala Daora. Yeah, good yeah. Man. It just reminded me of like a Dark Souls sort of boss or something. But um, 
for the fight itself, it was the oh, what's it called the the like unicorn that could do lightning. Is it? Oh, Kieran. Yeah, I love that fight. I love it. It's great. Oh, I hate Kieran's. I hate them. Well, the insect glaive's great because um the boss she'll put out like um lightning spikes on the ground, but the insect glaive allows you to kind of fly through the air. So I could use that to get behind her and then smack her in the ass. <laughs> That's a very good point. Uh, Mike? I think mine's the... Um, there's a weird trend in this game, which is that in the previous ones, they really didn't care. You know, they'd poison you straight out the gate. They'd do all sorts of ailments. <laughs> and you'd you'd always sort of, like, think, right, there's a logic. They've all been normal. Then you get thrown one, which just, you know, rips you to shreds. In this game, there was, there was technically one of those. And it, it was interesting in, in this case because... It sort of caught me off guard. It felt like a completely new sort of monster. It seemed like something more of Bloodborne, to be honest. And that's the... Um, you're going to have to help me with its name, to be honest. Because it's uh, the one that first appears in the Rotten Vale. And it's the one the which red one? does the bleed. Oh, yeah, Anagaron. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the bleed damage. Yeah, I oh. thought this is this an awesome monster, yeah. both in that it's... It caught me off guard. It was a little bit too strong for me when I first came into it. And I didn't struggle as much because, I mean, you joined me at the end of the session. I just beat it as you joined the session, which was just quite an odd one because I actually did need your help for the first time <laughs> there. But, but um, I thought it was also awesome in that it, you know, it has a cool-looking armour if you uh, if you look into that, oh, yeah, that, that path. But that I'm sure face arm, mask. armors is something we're going to talk about next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um... Adagaron is a very hard fight, too, to begin with, because he was fast. And I'm not used to very fast monsters, but, I mean, he would he does like that puppy thing of, of where he jumps forward, looks like he's going to attack, but then he jumps back and hits you from the side. It's like, whoa, thank God I had a shield, because uh, he, he would have wrecked me pretty hard at first. At the later stages, he does that thing where he, like, hangs off of walls and just keeps on launching him. Oh, like, yeah. That, that can yeah. be quite difficult. I'd say even scares me as much as Diablos at that point. So, uh, yeah. Now see, now see I think this is the game that made me get over my fear of the Diablos because Diablos is easy now. I From the beta, I thought it was going to be a lot trickier, but we kind of just smashed them to bits. Yeah, um, um, Black Diablos still has my respect because he's still a bit of a jerk, but... Diablos is the Regular one monster that I struggle with the most, I think. I still haven't... I've taken him out a couple of times, but it's always a real challenge. It's all about the Toro, if you can Toro correctly. And luckily, if you have a shield, you don't have to Toro at all. You just kind of stand there. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's because, like, the Insect Glaive, I'm always trying to fly around, that I always seem to get hit with him coming up just as I land. Or um, he'll run oh, right yeah. through me. Yeah, the camera's camera can be a bit difficult with that fight. Uh, myself, my favorite in terms of fight and design, because it's kind of a mechanic we I haven't had to deal with, is Valhazak. That th- the design of that thing is amazing. Like that whole second inner jaw that unhinges. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. And and the fight with the miasma, you know, it actually you're kind of right there. It felt like a bloodborne boss. Yeah. Kind of felt like one reborn. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, very cool. Um, everybody should have a Valhazak plushie <laughs> in our house. One, one of the awesome points I was going to bring up from that is that when you when you mentioned that that monster, one of the things that rings out to me the most is the uh, the cool cutscenes you get for the, the introductions oh, yeah. of some of them. They're, they're amazing, and especially in that case, I was surprised my my PS4 was a uh, was pushing that sort of stuff to the screen. Brilliant. Yeah, the the introductory are are amazing in this. Yeah. Especially when you see something like, you know, Anjanath and it just picks up a great Jagras and tries to beat you to death with it. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool. <laughs> um, so something I like to do is if you could have a plushie of a monster in this game, which one would it be? <laughs> was, there a, was there some sort of electric squirrel? Uh, Toby Kadachi. Yeah. Uh, uh, personally, I would pay good hard-earned money for a nice plushie of the palumu that puffy little face and then this gets all fuzzball i i those are adorable it felt bad every time i had to kill one what's the name of that like slug one that has the the fire like that you meet in the last place um um 
Dodogama? Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that, I really like his design. He... Yeah, no, I know. Dodogama's there. I thought that was the sort of like uh, rhino-style frog yeah, thing. Uh, the f- yeah, the, yeah, the frog that picks up the rocks and holds it in his mouth. I think Luke's talking more about the the lava one, is it? Lava, lava Slayer? Yeah, yeah, Lava Slayer. Well, I'm not going to have a Xeno Jeeva bouncy castle, <laughs> so I'm probably going to go with... <laughs> I'm probably going to go with... Uh, Legiana. Legiana. It'd be a bit edgy, but I think they could plush your eyes in. Her. Down to a, down to a decent size. What's what's the the one that looks like a Pokemon? The the big it's like a snowball. That, that's 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 Palumo the bat. That like that, that is. Yeah 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 yeah. It's, it's it's got the pink face and then the white like neck yeah. area. It poofs up. Yeah. I'm going I'm going between that and the Toby Kitachi, but I can't pick. I can't couldn't pick. Where are we getting these plushies from? How much do they cost? And can you buy more than one? Oh, oh Capcom. It's let's say let's say uh, thirty five dollars a plushie, but they're good size. Oh, plushies. do you know what? I want a plushie of the handler then. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a body pillow, Craig. Oh. <laughs> so in in previous games, uh, one of the big things was once you hit high rank, it was always the oh no, when is Devil Joe gonna show up? And you, I had many many fights ruined by Devil Joe. And as soon as you hear that music, your butthole just kind of <laughs> tightens up, and you're like, all right, all right, we can do this. <laughs> Um, in this, uh, since Devil Joe is not here, he will be a DLC monster, and, you know, then we can all stab the pickle, but this time they have a new one, and that is... Um, Michael Keaton's... Well, okay, it's really ba- hard to basil pronounce. Goose. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Michael Keaton's Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. <laughs> the Bagel Goose. It's been called the million... Uh, I believe it's Basil Geese. I believe... But, uh, yeah, what do you guys think of that? Because that monster very, very quickly climbed my oh i just hate that thing list uh myself and luke were playing last night and we were fighting yeah. what were we fighting was it an anginath just just fighting away basil goose flies in and i was just like look i'm i'm just off ski i'm gonna hey. run away i was just like fuck <laughs> this i can't even bothered i'm gonna go and farm something and wait until it's done <laughs> i've not had a problem with it i didn't understand where you were off to i was just like what what where are you going <laughs> well oh i hate i was that looking thing. for I was looking for stuff and I just couldn't I couldn't be bothered with it. At some point as well, Mike and I were fighting what was it, a Baroth? Yeah. And a bar was there a Baroth and an Anginath? And then the basil goose came in. At some point I carted and when I walked back out there was three monsters. I was like when I carted <laughs> there was only a Baroth. I've come back and Mike <laughs> seems to have summoned everything. Oh, no. down. I, that's the one problem with this new monster. It's like you know, it's something I welcome to be honest. It's it absolutely invades any fight you want to do. If you're not hunting that monster, it's going to be yeah. there. It's going to be following you. If if it's not in the next area, it's going to be in the area after. It it absolutely like like Devil Joe. You know, it it wants to be involved all the time, and it's it's unique in that way. It's it absolutely loves it. The best thing is that once you reach a lot later on, if you do actually get two of them, they'll they'll absolutely destroy each other. So. Makes it easy for you. Oh, that's the thing, too. Yeah, <laughs> Basil Geese just rips monsters to shreds. Do, do they actually kill each other, yes. though? Because I've, I've yet I've, to see a monster. Okay. I mean, like, uh, I was fighting um, a Nergigante, and uh, the goose showed up and just wrecked him. And, I mean, since you can see damage numbers, I just, you just kind of sit there and go, holy crap. And, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I don't know if I had him close to limping or not, but, yeah, he straight up killed it. One of the best things about those fights is it's not like it was in older games where they just kind of, you know, do their attacks and they kind of nudge up against each other. There are a lot of very specific animations that happen when two monsters fight. Like the Gerodotus and the that, Baroth? That's what oh I was going to say. Oh, honestly, yeah. It looks like a scripted event of, and it's not. It's completely not only fluid beauty that's sewn into this world, but it looks like yeah. something out of a cutscene or something that they've <laughs> had to get guys in monster suits to map out the move. You know what I mean? Like in, in a green room somewhere. It it looks it's amazing. It's absolutely I have to amazing. admit, I have I have seen some some battles in a bit too. Uh, you know, in the ancient forest where you get that that little secret room which they knock the door down and it's got a few. Uh, light oh, bug yeah. things in it, light traps. Yeah, you'll you'll know the one I mean. But basically, I've I've been in fights there where 
I thought this looks like it's a scripted fight they're going to have but I basically rolled around constantly because I had no idea what was going to happen next and I thought I don't want to be involved in whatever happens here not in this small room so uh, yeah it definitely shows how unpredictable it can be in the end he basically shot all these scales at him blew up half the room and luckily I was rolling through it so I didn't get hit but I was lucky and uh, so Mike uh, it's a decent segue speaking of getting hit so, how did the new guys fare with the armor system? Like, did you guys have trouble understanding it? No. Uh, no, not really. It just, there's a lot of options. It's, there's, there's so much to do, isn't there? There's, there's so many shit you can craft. Oh, yeah. Uh, there is, there's, there's so much crap. I'm traditionally a number cruncher anyway, so God I'll scroll you. through and I'll look for stuff. I, I, didn't have a problem at all picking what armor I was going for, farming for it, and getting the most out of it every time. Now that I'm kind of like I'm up at the the peak of what I need armor wise, I'm going to work backwards and get every. I'm going to do a Dave, but in reverse, and I'm now going to get everything just for the sake of collecting stuff. It's fairly self. Where the the menu system might lack some intuitiveness, that the core mechanics of upgrading your armor, upgrading your weapons. You know where your stats are. Your stats are quite easy. You can see a stacked stat set at the bottom for what your helmet and your chest plate is going to give you. It's all clean and nice and crisp and clear, and you can you can hit L three and compare. So it's it's a simple simple thing. And the armor itself is just flipping fantastic yeah. looking. There's some really, really... For ages, I was running about with that big fur-collared jacket <laughs> thinking, oh, I'm such a boss. Uh, before, you know, like, necessity dictates you have to upgrade. And it's like, oh, man, I really like that jacket. I, I didn't farm anything, though. I, like, I, I just made, like, odd pieces of armor here and there. I couldn't be asked going and getting, like, a complete set. Um, but and that, then you end that, up with a fur jacket and, a, and an iron helmet, and you're like, iron doesn't go with fur. <laughs> what are you doing? You got you got in it of a nice wee a nice wee hat. That's called fashion souls, Craig. <laughs> oh, um, fashion um, did you get Dave? Did you get the um, the glasses that are oh, a helmet? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, personally, um, I uh, Dragon King eye patch all the way. So um, I don't I don't know how um, how you guys play other games, but. Luke, you said you didn't grind at all. Um, me and Mike are used to the grind, but is this game more acceptable to grind in than other games for you? So uh, one of the reasons I wasn't too keen to pick this game up was because I have spent years of my life doing MMORPGs. And I, what from playing the demo, I got the, the vibe of this is going to be the same as this again, where... You've got a grand reputation or a currency or a gear or a material. And I just can't be asked with it anymore. I, I I just I don't know what it is. I just don't doesn't do anything for me. I just get bored really quickly. Um so that that's really the reason why I've I've not done it. But I have hit the point where I now need to grind out on a specific armor set or one or two specific armor sets to to progress and probably finish the story. Uh, and I was saying to Craig last night, whilst Everybody, you guys all seem to be like totally up for this grind, but I'm 60 hours in and I'm at the point where like, unless we're going to play this as socially, I don't think I'm going to put a lot more time into it myself just because I've done this sort of thing to death. But it's nothing against the game. It's just, I've done it elsewhere. That's that's completely understandable. Well, to, to roll back a tiny bit, when you say the, the grind, what, what grind are you talking about? You know, when you got to go hunt, you know, five... Dodogamas to get the Anjanath gem for some reason off of it. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, I I do need that Anjanath gem for the uh, the Horizon DLC <laughs> stuff. But, the, but you can get it from the Melder. The, oh. the Melder will do it. For... Oh, there we go. There we go. Well, I've saved my uh, Nora Brave vouchers or whatever they are for now. But um, that's that's not too bad. I mean, the thing is, you don't technically need to you know farm these monsters all the time it, i think one of the good things about it is that if you're farming you technically you're going after something you want like for me it was just the weapon i was happy with whatever junk came my way if if i got stuff so be it if not it wasn't until it really affects me but but the beauty of it is if you are farming a monster you get so familiar with them that they just become easier over time you know every monster in this does have replay value so it's like 
you know, I haven't gone back to many of the Elder Dragons, to be honest, and I'm sort of worried about it because I think I was quite lucky the first time around with some of them. But, uh, you know, you know, it's it's part of... The grind's a two-way thing. Both it makes it a lot easier for you because you get familiar and you're yeah, also, you that. know... So your badge of honour from wearing that armour isn't simply from just having got these bits or ran some sort of dice roll to get an item. It's that either, you know, you have mastered that monster in a way and that's technically what i think this yeah, game's yeah. heart is about in a way and uh two points i'd like to make off that is number one i mean the nice thing about monster hunter over say something like warcraft or you know you're grinding in a jrpg or what have you is me if you grind out a monster so much that you are intimately familiar with its moveset you know they're going to bring that monster back in another game and so instantly, it's like it's like me and Mike. We know how to fight a Rathalos. Doesn't mean we always say uh, execute on that plan, but in theory, we know how to fight mm-hmm. a Rathalos. And so, all these monsters that come back from different games, you're like, okay, I remember you. I know how to do this. And I think that's one of the most satisfying things about playing Monster Hunter, is because you get rewarded skill wise. Now, granted, yeah, that's if you decide to play another game afterwards. But, I mean, it does feel good to, like, you remember playing the demo. And the Baroth, the Baroth was, was you know, a little bit of a wall. We, you guys we failed once or twice. And, like, oh, crap. But, and now you can go in yeah. and you can fight a, a Baroth and probably not get hit very much at all. Yeah. And it just feels yeah. good to do. It's amazing going back and seeing how much more damage you do in comparison to yeah. like when you first went up against it and it seemed like such a challenge. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. It's like you're just walking through the map stepping on great jagrasses. <laughs> What's an awesome little experiment to do from it is get your original you know, get your original starter gear go and, and go straight back to those early monsters that you really struggled with and you'll see just how much you've improved since then. It's not all purely down to the uh, you know, the the weapons and armor that you're using, you'll yeah. find that so much of it is just your natural ability improving over the game, which always makes you... Tr- one, one thing I think I would have liked to have seen different is so you can you can grind out all these armors depending on each boss that you kill and you know you need to collect different pieces from each boss to grind each separate uh, item to wear, but then you can upgrade the armor as well. Yes. So you can put like armor spheres into it. I'm not that keen on that. I I think I would have preferred if you just got an armor and maybe that was it. You you couldn't put more skill into it because what I'm you know Craig's saying there he's going to go back and get the old armor, but to me that means I've then got to grind up more armor spheres to get it so it's a state where it's useful. Because why would you go back to an armor that's got a hundred defense less than oh. the previous one? You know it's like there's things. I just want little boxes beside each armor. I'm not going to use it. I just just want um, it in there. I think, I think for them, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because yeah, once yeah, you're yeah. good enough at the game to where you don't need that defense anymore, you may just want that set for the skills. Whereas if you are a new player yeah, and yeah, yeah you're playing because okay, I need this. It's an upgrade then you can still use that via armor spheres. Because once you get towards the end of the game, like the tempered monsters, they will, your defense will start to matter less and less and less, and it more relies on your skill, at least yeah. with Elder Dragons. Everything else is kind of, eh, I mean, yeah, Nergigante uh, tempered hits like a truck. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of like that. I I have not used... I've got hundreds of armor spheres and armor sphere pluses and whatever the third thing is. I haven't used any of them at all. I've, I've found it better to just go in and upgrade the armor or find the next set up that I want to upgrade to rather than use the armor spheres. I'll use them at some point, but I've never, never felt the need. Yeah, once you settle on a skill set that you really enjoy... You'll probably yeah, yeah. that's when yeah that that was my thing. It's like ah, uh, do I really like this skill set or should I hold out for more and then use all my armor spheres? I know. So yeah, I, I understand that. Like mm, Dragon King eye patch is you know max level, but I think that's the only one just because that's an incredibly good piece of equipment. The eye patch must then affect your depth perception <laughs> in game, so you're like swinging. You can... It does. It, it does this tricky thing. <laughs> um. So one one thing that is kind of not very important, but to me it's kind of a fun little thing is to see how each monster's armor set kind of reflects the monster themselves. And I think they did a very good job on the armor 
But one thing I'm going to peg the game with is there's not a lot of variety to weapons anymore. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean you yeah. guys might not know that, but Mike, you probably understand what I'm saying. Weapons used to look vastly different from each other. And now it just seems like some have a little extra stripe on a side somewhere or a little extra tiny knot. It's not really until you get to like what rarity six, seven and eight that they start looking unique. In the last one, you'd start off with something that looks like a, a wooden tube and it'd turn into something that looks like a, something off Transformers. And you'd be like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> or if you if you imagine if you imagine early level World of Warcraft gear compared to endgame stuff, it'd look like a completely different yeah. world, you know, and there'd be quite significant changes in between. Here, it's pretty much... Massive shoulder pads. Yeah. Just out of interest, <laughs> what made you guys pick the weapons that you've picked? Um, uh, I started off with the bow. That's my job, And Luke. I spent about That's my job. 10 hours <laughs> on the bow. Sorry, and then I found... No, it's fine. Shut up, Craig. Where are you in here? <laughs> right, I'll start again. I'll start again. Uh, that's a great question, Luke. You should ask more questions. I <laughs> started off with the bow, and I was about 10 hours in, and I was playing with you guys on and off, and multiplayer the bow makes sense to me but solo it just wasn't quite working because that monster is always going for you. You, you there's less respite from it so I switched to the dual blades because it's what I felt most familiar going for because you're kind of like a walking blender and you can just <laughs> roll run in and just hack to bits so it was it was dual blades did it for me uh, out of curiosity as a dual bladesman mm-hmm. um how do you find getting off tails? Terribly tricky. I, uh, I it's getting in and getting on top of it, bringing it down, and then chopping at the tail while it's down, or letting you guys take <laughs> the tail and I'll just hack the belly. Okay, belly and legs. What are you using, Dave? Um, personally, um, ranged is something I've always loved in Monster Hunter games. And previous Monster Hunters, it is the most unwieldy, unfriendly thing you'll ever do. And so I'll always start ranged and then just pe- and go, this just isn't working. I don't really like this. Um, the way they changed ranged in this, it now feels like a third-person shooter. I mean, you have you, it's every all the information you need. You have excellent camera control with that right stick. It feels good to be ranged. So I started as a heavy bow gun. And once you hit high rank, because I spent an enormous amount of time in low rank, you get a bit tired of a weapon after a while. And you're like, okay, let's try something else. And then I went back to my old standby, which is Gunlance, because like with uh, Craig, Gunlance can do everything. It can break horns, it can sever tails, it can break and sever. It's very nice to have, and pretty much any part you need, sure, it's a bit tricky sometimes, but you can break any part you need with a Gunlance. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a slicer ammo as well, isn't it? If I remember. Uh, well, you have slice ammo for heavy bowgun, yeah. If, if I remember right, that was the bane of your existence, knowing that you had to spend so much money on the, the ammo side of things. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's another thing. Uh, ammo is still incredibly expensive unless you want to spend a lot of time gathering. So, um, so yeah, moving on to me, I've uh, I've always liked to play pretty much everything in the earlier Monster Hunter games. Um, but when it came to Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, there was a point where it started going, you know, aerial. It was, you know... the Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate for me is still one of the most amazing looking portable games out there. And I know no no one agrees with me on this, but well, hopefully they do. But uh, <coughs> but the weapon for me which caught on at that point was the sword and shield. Because it's always been looked down upon as a bit of a bit of a crap weapon, just a weapon for novices, etc. But when when four hit, they started doing all these you know, you can slash off the edges. You can jump into slashes. You can you can do all sort of cra- sorts of crazy little things. And in this one, it's evolved further to the point where you know when you're sliding down a hill, jumping up, slashing something, it's like it's the best of all the weapons that I'd like. Plus, it you know it's it's the safest. I I can have a poison weapon and I can I can attack the monster enough and then sit back just waiting for it for a while. Um, I've got a shield which I never use, but hey, that doesn't matter. <laughs> as a bonus it's you know it's got the the shield shield attack so you get a bit of blunt damage if you feel like it um and and i love being i know it's supposed to be the insect glaive master who's who's mounting these monsters all the time but with a sword and shield you're always scrambling for those edges and it it feels like the most important thing i thought of all of this is that i 
I quite often try and play it in multiplayer and one one of the biggest pet peeves is knowing that someone next to you might be knocking you about the place you know they might have a long sword and they're just knocking you all over the shop you're not getting any hits in so I always go sword and shield because I know it's you know the least invasive weapon you can go for so um, I've broken all my rules I normally play about 40 hours of one weapon and I switch to something new but in this one I've done the full 100 hours so far with sword and shield and I can't see it changing Cheers. yeah um for me, I I went the insect glaive, and I, I kind of made my decision from the beta. Um, I I always play like a support sort of character. Um, I was gonna play the big hammer horn thing, bagpipes, whatever Hunting you want to call it. Hunting horn, yeah. Yeah, but I I didn't get on with that. Um, so the great thing about the insect glaive is there's so much to it. It's not just it's not just a couple buttons. There's um, you you get a massive staff that you can uh, you can you can pull vault with and if you manage to hit the monster with the pole vault attack, uh, that'll keep you in the air. So you can basically fly around attacking from above um, if you manage to hit the right point, your rodeo. Um, but then you also get an insect that you can send out and it, it has a few different options. Um, one of them is you can send it out to attack and when it attacks, it leaves like a pool of um, a pool of bugs that you can hit that will do certain things. So I've gone for the heal buff. So if anybody hits the green bugs, they get healed. But you can do poison, you can do fire. There's loads of different things you can do with it. But the most interesting thing for me is that you can apply self buffs to yourself by sending your insect out to different parts of the monster that you're fighting and then pulling it back and getting that buff. And each buff lasts different amounts of time. Uh, if you have all three on at once, you can't refresh the timer on any of them until they run out. So I think the longest one lasts 90 seconds. But if you apply one buff and it's a way to run out and pull in a second buff, that'll refresh the second one. So there's a lot of management there and each of the buffs do different things. Like if you pull, if you hit the monster's head, you'll get the red buff, which increases your combos. Um, so instead of just being able to do two or three hit combos, you can do an infinite combo that does a lot more damage. If you hit the, the tail, you get the orange buff, which increases your defense. And if you hit underneath the monster, you get the white buff, which increases your speed. So there's all these things going on around you. There's a lot of management, but it's very, very rewarding when you get like a really good streak and you can move around the map so easily. You know, you can you can fly away from incoming problems. You know, if there's a way to be a big AOE, you can jump up in the air and avoid it. It's there's so much diversity that I just like you guys keep on saying, oh, you should try different weapons. But Honestly, it's like the most fun I've had in a, an action game and, and maybe ever with this weapon. I love it. Now, once you find your groove, man, you ride it. All right, so so we've touched on a lot of things here from the monsters, the weapon. Next week, join us and we'll go a little more in-depth into our personal experience, our overall thoughts of the game, and, well, what negatives we have because yeah, there, are, there are some still. So, thank you very much for joining and... You can continue to get this podcast at any place you get podcasts. And if you would like to send us a message saying you guys pronounced the name of this monster wrong, or you're probably lying, you just watched YouTube, you didn't play the game at all, uh, send us those messages at the Bit Effect on Twitter, Gmail, and Facebook. Well, not all three. I mean, you don't have to send the same thing to all three. You can just pick one and roll with it. But until next time, gentlemen, say goodnight. Good night. Good night.